Mission Chats with John Crow. Well, welcome to Mission Chats. Today, I have the privilege to have a conversation with someone who I got to know as a child. We were in boarding school together way back in the day in Cote d'Ivoire, and we've sort of kept in touch over the years. So, Warwick, it's a joy and a blessing to have you here. And I'm going to start us off, as we usually do, just asking you to share your story, kind of the journey you've been on, that the Lord's been taking you on, how you got re-involved with missions, as it were, and how you've gotten to the point where you are now. Yeah, well, thanks, John. So my background is I'm MK in Liberia, and my parents came in 1979 when I was three. Mm. And then I did the very backwards journey in that I started off in the main city, and we were here for our first term. And during that term, my parents were approached to become part of a church plant further into the what we call uh, upcountry, just mm. means going north, really into the bush. And they agreed, they went and scoped the area out. And then after our first term, went straight up into a larger city in the far north of Liberia. Mm. We were there for about 18 months. And then we moved into a village where the actual the village wanted us to come and live and minister to all the villages in the area that my dad was already involved in anyway. Mm -hmm. And so we moved from Monrovia, in the capital of Liberia, to a place called Kolahun, which is about 25,000 people at the time, mm -hmm. and then to a village of 250 people. So other Memkes that I've spoken to, they kind of start in the bush where mum or mom, their mum's been teaching them, and then they graduate, gradually move into the city to to do high school but i went quite opposite but then we jumped across into boarding school right um but yeah so i kind of went the backwards journey and the only reason that we left liberia in 1989 was because of the civil war that started mm. while i was in boarding school right that's kind of background into my mk life and then things got quite difficult from a you know spiritual and emotional standpoint during mm. that when we were sitting in Abidjan, uh, you guys were there at the time. Yep. So we were in this limbo, really. Right. Because we were waiting to see whether or not we would be allowed to go back to Liberia. Mm -hmm. uh, my sister was coming from boarding school from England. Hmm. But so we were waiting to get news whether or not we leave or where will you stay. So she's on her flight and we get word that we're not going back. So she lands. We wait three days and we just we all take off back to England again. Wow. So the end of my MK journey was very very different. Mm -hmm. I was heading into grade nine in high school or year nine in Australia, but I was doing year nine in boarding school, which is the English curriculum. So I ended up having to redo year nine in Australia because okay. of just the different system. And you talk about being cranky or upset in a situation, mm -hmm. but then you look back and go, you know what? That was probably the best thing that happened. <laughs> so um, often that's the case, isn't it? Yeah. Cause the people that I became really good friends with were actually there's about eight of us that were in the same youth group mm -hmm. that from the same year at school. So that okay. was, yeah, you know, example of God knowing what he's doing, even though we might be upset about it at the time. Right. So then it wasn't, it wasn't too long later that my grandfather passed away when I was in year 10. Okay. And it was actually that weekend that there was a youth church group down in Canberra in the Australian capital that I went along to. And that was when kind of all the emotions of being an MK kind of went mm. flowing over me. And it was the, the, there was a particular song that affected me at the time, Worthy is the Lamb. 
it was just one of those moments that kind of just flowed over me. It's like, whew, nearly two years after leaving Liberia that I felt like I just left the whole place. <laughs> I'd found myself a little place and thought I was hiding from everyone, but one of the leaders came and found me and you mm. know, we had a good chat. Yeah, um, those watershed moments, huh? Yeah, they, they creep up on you. We put a lot of our emotions into a container and then, you know, there's only so much pressure the container can take before right. yeah. <laughs> it kind of comes out again. Yeah. So how did but, the Lord lead you from, you know, that childhood experience and, you know, obviously a big transition in your life, which I can relate to as well. What did your journey look like moving from that to where you are now? Yeah. So after we got back to Australia in year nine, I was very much looking for every kind of new snippet of Liberia and the Civil War and mm -hmm. things like that. The media kind of forgot about it. And in turn, I kind of forgot about it too. Maybe that probably my way of kind of dealing with things, but mm -hmm. I still had the mind to look towards coming back to Africa in general to do work or to service. And so it was on my mind to do conservation work, but working mainly with animals. That mm -hmm. was my focus. Interesting. You know, yeah. How can I get back to Africa kind of right. thing was my mindset. It's like, oh, okay, okay, if I do this and do this and I can go and get a job there and then I can go and live in Liberia. And, you know, I wanted to get into park ranging and stuff. Conservation management at that point, I was looking at, at Australia, really. I found one course to do that would have taken me like a four-year journey to kind mm -hmm. of get into this course that I wanted to. I'm like, oh, sure. this didn't enjoy this. So my first six months of college was, uh, that was the adventurous year. I'm done with Christianity. Not mm -hmm. as much done with it, but it's like, I'm just going to have fun, basically, is my right. kind of mindset. Even though I'd given my life to the Lord in that, that year that we talked about in, in year 10. But then, you know, college, there's band nights every Wednesday night. We'd go down to that, you know, alcohol drinking and carrying on and stuff. Mm -hmm. But even though, again, you're looking back going, you know what? Um, it was the time I you know, got it out of the system or whatever. Right, sure. <laughs> Because I found, or my mom actually was looking for, she knew the course I was doing wasn't exactly what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And so I pushed into another course that ended up being Queensland, which is how you know, okay. we came and yeah. yep. hello to each other again up in Queensland, Toowoomba, yep. in the missions conference that was there. I took another year to finish the course. But then at the end of that, I went and worked for six months in Ghana. Okay. In the Nature Conservation and Research Center. Yeah. Uh, so working on a little community managed hippo sanctuary in a little place called Wah. Wow. Well, the little village is called Wetchow. Wetchow Community Hippo Sanctuary. Wow. A unique resume uh, note. Yeah. <laughs> well, my qualifications are Associate Deployment in Wilderness and Wildlife Reserves. Okay. You said it was just yeah, a, yeah. a few months there at that point. Yeah, so about six months. And so on my journey there, I stopped in Liberia for about 10 days. Okay. Now, this is in 1999. There was peaceful at the time, but about six months later, it just blew up into the, the World mm -hmm. War III that they talk about. And so the civil war in Liberia actually ramped up to horrible things happening to the people, yeah. both in Sierra Leone at the time as mm -hmm. well, because they had the same civil war going on in Liberia. That was when what the Liberians here called World War Three started. Mm -hmm. It was just chaos where they ended up being like eight different warring factions. Wow. And during the time, doing all sorts of horrible things, you know. Yeah. So I actually hitched the ride with some missionary friends that were here and they were heading to Cote d'Ivoire. So I went back to Cote d'Ivoire and flew yeah. on to Ghana to work there. So got back to Australia in the middle of 99. My wife and I, we got married about nearly two years later. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. But we'd only started dating correspondently while I was in Ghana. You know, this one of those things where we were good friends. Our friendship grew over over the years or whatever, but then we got to know each other a lot through letter correspondence. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine writing a letter these days. I know. <laughs> it's unheard of now. So yeah, so once we got back, we really explored our relationship and got married um, in 2001. Okay. Yep. And we we actually often joked that um, it was a condition of marriage that we would go into mission. Mm. So she's a preacher's kid. So we have a PK and an MK. Right. Um, we knew that we'd be doing something. Um, and it really settled on our heart in about 2012. We had our three ki- the three girls that we have. Yep. And just to backtrack a little bit, the church that we had decided to join, the minister for that place who came and visited us and, and said, yeah, it's great to have you on board and stuff like that. And came to our house for tea and had lunch at their place. And then when we actually said, right, this is going to be our home church. They invited us to the church weekend away, like two weeks later. I was like, oh, you might as well come along. I'm like, sure, no yeah. problem. And it was at that weekend away that they announced that they were going to into missions in Mexico. And we're like, we just joined your church because right. of your preaching. And now you're leaving us. What's going yeah. on? But it was actually at that point when the mother approached me and said, hey, do you have any advice for me as a mom taking kids into mm-hmm. an okay situation. And I talked about the compartment where you just jam stuff in. Right. And you know, that question started to open things up. I'm like, oh, what is going on? Because I compartmentalized so much of it. Yeah. And it was then that I just, right, okay, I need to sort something out with this. So I went and saw a psychologist for about six months. Okay. And processing through a lot of what was happening at that time and what I'd been dealing with from you know, the way in which I left Liberia because I didn't say goodbye to Mm -hmm. all of my friends. Mm -hmm. I left to go to boarding school and that was the last time I saw many of them. Yeah. And up until, you know, while we've been in mission in Liberia as a family, several people have come out of the woodwork that I thought had died during the war, including my oldest Liberian friend here that I met when we first got here in 79. He was, he must have been four, uh, five or something. And I was four when, I, when we were just hanging out all the time, but yeah, alive and well and, and yep. kicking. Yeah. It's, yeah. So the Lord led you back to serve him in Liberia, right? That's where you are now. And tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah. So what I ended up doing here is a SIM projects coordinator projects within journal to what the missionaries have. So, you know, we have, you know, nearly a million dollar project related to building and services and stuff like that. It's been very fulfilling in that I get to work closely with the Liberian people here for those mm-hmm. that are heavily involved in the projects themselves. Okay. So we have a HIV AIDS project within our hospital, mm-hmm. a benevolence project, clearing out debts of people that were in the hospital. Mm-hmm. We have housing repair because we have about 70% of the housing on compound here are national and they pay a minimal amount of rent because okay. you know, they don't get paid a lot. Yeah. But we still need to have the places in working order. So mm-hmm. that is to get the houses to a certain level and go from there. But essentially, it's supporting the managers of the projects in mm-hmm. what they do. Okay. And I get to be involved and go out and do photography and write little stories and stuff mm-hmm. like that for the reports that we need to do. So that was the uh, my official hat. Right. But I'm also sure. the orientation facilitator for SIM Liberia. So cultural awareness. I really enjoy getting people's foot in the door and it makes it easy for them to start their life here in Liberia. Yeah. 
And, you know, response has been positive. So I guess I'm doing an okay job. (laughs) (laughs) That's always encouraging. Yep. So before the call, you mentioned that you're actually coming towards the end of your time for now, at least there in Liberia. So share a little bit what it looks like, what you're hoping the next steps will be. And obviously your life has been one with a lot of major transition. And I know this type of transition is fairly big as well. Yeah. So 2015 is when we first came here. But prior to that, we were in Nigeria for a year, which I hadn't shared before because of Ebola in Liberia. So we will be nine years in mission, eight mm-hmm. years in Liberia. It ends on January 7th when we uh, head up to England and then over to Australia. Mm-hmm. The major drive for us is our kids. Our timing for when we were leaving is for our kids. Yeah. In January, Scarlett will be starting year seven. Aaron, my second, will be finishing school in Senegal, in Dakar Academy, in June of next year. So she will stay in Africa for six months while we, the rest of us head back to Australia. Mm -hmm. And now Lily, she has finished one year online of university in Australia. Yeah. And she'll be going to live on compound at University of New England. So there's lots of moving parts. And we've, we just feel at this moment, it's a good time for us to finish up. Right. And see what the Lord has in store for us. It's funny. Sometimes you're like, oh, you, you stress out about whatever's happening or, you know, things that you can worry about if you want. But why worry about tomorrow? Today has enough of his problems. That's kind right. of thing. <laughs> and so job-wise, we know we're going to be okay. We have been blessed by Lauren's grandmother, who has a property in Newcastle, which is close to where Lily is going to be going to university. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to have rent-free accommodation. So oh, jobs that we get will be to provide basically foodstuffs, electricity, internet, uh, car, whatever. Right. So we don't need to jump straight in to basically find any job kind of thing. Sure. Um, but That's we still have reputation for about six months. So in January, our home assignment finishes in May. Mm-hmm. And then we head off to Ju- in June to Senegal for Aaron's graduation. Yeah. And then we all come back as a family after doing a brief conference in Switzerland, which is fantastic. If you've never gone, I've gone to the the men's conference there. And, but the brief conference is specifically for missionaries mm-hmm. and they have specific things there for MKs and adults leaving the field, that kind of stuff. So wonderful. In that sense, we all get to finish missions together because Seven. we're all flying back to Australia and it'll be rather than it's just, Oh, aren't coming home. It's we're all doing it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that sounds like a good way to bring your time of service, at least for now, uh, as a family to an end. So, no, that's great. Yeah. I'm going to pause my conversation with Warwick at this point and tune back in next episode to hear a little bit more about what Warwick has seen the Lord doing while serving him in Liberia, as well as some thoughts on missions and how to get involved in that. Thank you so much for listening. Find us online at missionchats.com.